another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. <clears throat> my name is Dick Whaley, and my partner Jim Dwyer has uh, school responsibilities this evening. School's winding down uh, for the Ann Arbor Public uh, kids, and uh, he's got to write that final. So he'll be back uh, with us next week. Um... Obviously, interesting developments with respect to uh, the resignation of Gordon Brown. We have a sort of a Super Tuesday coming up tomorrow, mini Super Tuesday, with a bunch of interesting primaries. The continuing saga down in uh, the Gulf regarding the oil spill, which is much worse than uh, we ever previously imagined. Think of an iceberg here, because uh, we're now learning that uh, the plume goes down into the water thousands of feet. There are some preliminary reports that this puppy is uh, possibly going to get into the uh, Gulf Stream. And I think it's been interesting, by the way, to monitor the, the maps uh, in the New York Times about the visible aspects of the oil spill versus the projected um, path that they were predicting uh, several weeks ago. And this thing seems to be kind of rotating south rather than north, uh, which actually is a good, uh, good thing for uh, the uh, marshes and wetlands of Louisiana. But obviously, this uh, is a serious situation uh, with no end in sight. Uh, there have been some good good reports about some of the oil being captured, but it seems quite clear that the um, estimates about the amount of oil that's actually uh, entering the, the water and the ecosystem is is uh, is terrible and much greater than first uh, believed. As I said, think of an iceberg. This thing is much bigger down low than it is up high. And it's plenty big up high. <coughs> you know, just roughly uh, speaking, the sort of visible aerial shots of this oil spill indicate that this thing is kind of, uh, kind of like an inverted uh, version of Argentina. It's uh, kind of an interesting shape. It also looks a little bit like Pakistan uh, at a certain angle. But it is uh, approximately 125, maybe even 150 miles, maybe even 200 miles long, and uh, certainly at least 20 miles wide in some spots and approximately 100 miles wide in others. It's kind of uh, an irregular-shaped uh, 
club. I don't know what to describe it. It looks, like I say, a little bit like the uh, like Argentina, sort of uh, backwards. In any event, uh, dispersants are being thrown at the problem. Uh, this is a chemical of uh, unknown consequence to the ecosystem. I guess you got to kind of think of uh, oil. You know, if, if you spill a little bit of cooking oil on your uh, countertop when you're making food, it's kind of hard to clean up with water. Uh, and, of course, these uh, mud techniques and the fact that British Petroleum seems to have uh, subcontracted uh, work to both Transocean and Halliburton uh, is remarkable. This is almost a Three Stooges uh, operation at some level, and certainly an investigation uh, that seems to be forthcoming is underway for a variety of reasons. Uh, once again, we have the complete failure of uh, regulation, with uh, regulation um, almost non-existent. It is, of course, troubling that uh, during the Bush administration, uh, Dick Cheney's Energy Task Force, and he, of course, uh, used to be the CEO of Halliburton, that not only seems to be involved in the uh, Iraq fiasco, but the Afghanistan fiasco, and now it turns out they're involved in the oil drilling fiasco involving uh, Deep Water Horizon. Um, I think I could crack some jokes about that name. Think Blackwater <laughs> Horizon, whatever. Uh, this is uh, definitely Blackwater down in the Gulf. And uh, it's troubling that uh, during the Bush administration, the management of the Interior Department was turned over to and I'm quoting here from Paul Krugman's uh, column from a couple weeks ago, turned over to lobbyists, most notably J. Stephen Griles, a coal industry lobbyist who became deputy, deputy secretary and effectively ran the department. In 2007, by the way, Mr. Griles pleaded guilty to lying to Congress about his ties to Jack Abramoff, another uh, cozy member of the GOP establishment. And, of course, the Minerals Management Service, which is part of this uh, whole uh, bureaucratic mess in the, in the Interior Department, according to reports by the Interior uh, Inspectors General about abuses that went on in the agencies, they, quote, went beyond undue influence. There was a culture of substance abuse and promiscuity. Cocaine sexual relations with industry representatives, and more. Protecting the environment was presumably the last thing on the minds of these government employees. So this is a complete mess, and obviously there's been some uh, temporary reorganization of this uh, uh, bureaucracy, the Minerals Management Service of the... Uh, Department of the Interior that's currently headed up by Ken Salazar. Uh, Krugman, by the way, in this column goes on to uh, point out that uh, environmentalists were not happy with Salazar's appointment uh, to Secretary of the Interior because of his uh, somewhat close ties to um, mining and energy companies that are, he was the secretary, he was actually the senator from Colorado. 
And not only did they take a sitting senator out of circulation, but uh, whether, you know, Salazar can get this whole thing reorganized, uh, you know, the Department of Interior remains to be seen. But uh, obviously, uh, change is underway, and it may be slow in coming. Of course, uh, you know, it's troubling to learn that there is a, li uh, a liability limit currently on oil spills that uh, was passed probably rather hastily and without much foresight back in the 90s following the Exxon Valdez spill um, in Alaska. And it is very troubling to learn that uh, BP may only be on the hook for $75 million. Uh, that's fairly outrageous. And obviously, um, something's going to have to be done. It's my understanding that there have already been 88 lawsuits filed. And we certainly need to uh, beware of the government uh, throwing in disaster money into the region. Uh, let's recall, by the way, that... Uh, you know, Hurricane Katrina was uh, a disaster in uh, in many ways. It's interesting to learn, and I'm quoting here from an editorial from the uh, 21st of September uh, 2009 edition of the New York Times regarding Mississippi trumpeting success regarding uh, Hurricane Katrina. Governor of Mississippi Haley Barber seems to be... Uh, the only public official that's not terribly concerned about the situation in the Gulf. Uh, maybe he's got some sort of uh, Ouija board or uh, voodoo doll that will keep the oil spill from hitting the Mississippi coast, uh, the Mississippi Gulf Coast. But it's interesting to learn that when Congress appropriated $5.5 billion in disaster relief for Mississippi, it was supposedly disaster aid, and the law required states and localities to spend 50% of the money on low- and moderate-income families. Over time, however, the state managed to get waivers and found other ways to spend the money in different projects. Um, and they cite the example of uh, James Johnson, an, an impoverished, arthritic 74-year-old who'd been sleeping on a thin cushion in a FEMA trailer. Uh, he was supposed to get relief, but according to a startling report by the Steps Coalition, a watchdog group, Mr. Johnson and thousands of other homeowners were shut out of the state's assistance program because their homes were destroyed by wind rather than water. Meanwhile, uh, while Mississippians languished without help, the Bush administration's Department of HUD, Housing and Urban Development, allowed the state to shift $600 million of the recovery money to the refurbishment and expansion of the Port of Gulfport, a pet project of local politicians that was conceived long before Katrina. Congress may not, you know, and, and this is uh, from... Uh, nearly nine months ago, um, but obviously the oversight of uh, money going into these sorts of disasters uh, needs to be carefully monitored and, and uh, examined, 
and these sorts of uh, things should not allow, uh, should not be allowed to happen. The Coalition for Affordable Housing, in which uh, the housing stock of affordable housing was devastated, this coalition uh, steps estimates that based on state data, Mississippi is now on pace to produce 15,000 fewer affordable housing units than it projected in 2008. Last spring, Mississippi requested 5,000 housing vouchers from the federal government, many for people who could not afford the soaring rents. So um, investigations are underway. It's my understanding that... uh, quote-unquote gross negligence uh, needs to be found in a court of law to require BP to uh, pay more than the limited uh, liability that they would experience in an oil spill. The idea somehow, by the way, that $75 million is an appropriate amount of money uh, given the consequences of these kinds of spills is uh, staggering to say the least. And by the way, we should not here in America think that we're alone. British Petroleum uh, and Chevron have been involved in all sorts of pollution uh, and uh, oil spills around the globe. You know, it's fascinating to find out, for instance, that uh, Chevron uh, was involved in Ecuador in polluting the Amazon and uh, they were facing up to $27 billion in damages in uh, related lawsuits connected to oil spills in the Amazon River. Obviously a significant ecosystem, uh, one of the most important rivers uh, in the world, and certainly the most important uh, rivia, uh, river in this continent of South America. It's interesting that um, this lawsuit... And the story that I'm I'm going to quote from talks a little bit about how Chevron hired some um, quote unquote spies in a sting operation in which they uh, took video cameras of politicians in Ecuador taking bribes and or agreeing to rulings favorable to Chevron. But my point in bringing this up is that this is a 16-year-old battle over these pollution lawsuits. Let's remember that BP made something like $5 billion, I believe, in the last quarter. And they can obviously hire all sorts of uh, fancy-pants attorneys to string these things out for decades. Let's remember that the the Exxon Corporation, that's now called ExxonMobil, in one of those uh, happy little mergers that occurred during the uh, corporatization of America... I think dragged out Exxon uh, uh, Valdez lawsuit-related uh, cases for 20 years before they paid up. And this despite the fact that Exxon was making $40 billion in some quarters. So this is all very troubling. And let's not forget uh, the uh, oil environmental destruction that's been occurring, for instance, in the uh, Nigerian uh, Delta region. Uh, This, of course, is actually connected to Islamic insurgency and so-called terrorism. There certainly have been terrorist attacks on pipelines, but there have also been massive oil spills that have affected indigenous people in Nigeria, specifically the Ogoni tribes. So 
you know, I read globally that there were something like 356 oil spills uh, just last year. So uh, the, um, I don't know, the long-term consequences of the fact that this is hitting home, and as usual, the American media is very ethnocentric in terms of its coverage, it ignores the oil spills. Um, unfortunately, of course, I'm using uh, some articles here from the New York Times um, to highlight uh, oil spills in other parts of the globe that have had serious economic consequences. And needless to say, the uh, oil multinational corporations are not stepping up to the plate to fulfill their responsibilities under uh, lease agreements, law agreements, whatever. The separation last week of this minerals... Uh, uh, Oh, what's the name of the agency called? I just threw that uh, clipping somewhere else. Uh, the separation between uh, within that bureaucracy of the federal government, where the leases are also the regulators, they're, they're actually, on the positive side, they're finally going to uh, draw a separation there between the responsibilities involved uh, with that agency. I also wanted to point out that in August of 2006, uh, there was a massive oil spill involving BP uh, in uh, Prudhoe Bay uh, up in Alaska. Uh, this oil spill resulted for, uh, basically resulted uh, because of a small leak and severe corrosion in one part of the pipeline. And this forced the oil company to shut down the field for a time. I believe it took several months for them to actually fix this entire pipeline because it involved thousands of uh, miles. And uh, the article uh, from the Associated Pre uh, Press notes that the Prudhoe Bay oil field operated by BP accounts for about 8% of domestic output. So, uh, yes, the United States continues to need oil. But uh, there need to be some unanswered questions about what happened. It's interesting that initially, uh, and it's ironic that uh, this uh, spill occurred on uh, April 20th, 420 in progress. Yuck, yuck. But anyway, uh, the fire broke out. Um, there was an explosion. The rig collapsed. And this is according to the estimate given on the 1st of May, 40,000 gallons a day uh, were leaking. This is now obviously an in incorrect and inadequate estimate. Um, the Coast Guard began to uh, increase its estimate to 5,000 barrels or more than 20,000 uh, gallons a day, and we've now seen new estimates uh, in the range of 70,000 barrels of oil a day. As for the dispersants and the problems, uh, the environmental problems that this is going to cause, they're still unknown, but uh, remain troubling. Um, and lessons, obviously, were, have not been learned from previous uh, oil spills regarding regulation and accountability. No surprise that Halliburton would be involved here. Uh, the word of the day... I thought of this in the context of BP. What does it actually stand for? Bung plug. <laughs> and then I looked up in one of my old dictionaries, uh, you know, that uh, I think is the Funk Wagnalls edition. It says bung, a stopper, 
for a large hole through which a cask is filled. The hole itself, too. Three, a thief. Pickpocket. Bung. Yeah, perfect. Slang. It says maul. Beat exhaust by uh, beating. Slang for bung is bunged up in a fight. There's a Scottish word for bung, which I guess is also known by, by a kind of uh, colloquialism called bung, bungfu, but it means tipsy intoxicated, which uh, sounds perfectly compatible with the, uh, oh, the, uh, the culture of substance abuse and pro promiscuity that uh, the Inspector General, General Report made about the uh, Minerals Management Service, uh, a branch of the Department of the Interior under the Bush administration. It, uh, of course, means to close up the opening or entrance of uh, the hole with bung, and it's often used with up or down. <laughs> well, obviously, this oil spill involves both up and down. Uh, it's fascinating, by the way, to learn that the oil is actually well below the, the, the bottom of the, of the ocean, and the consequences of this spill are just mind-boggling. Uh, one expert uh, who was actually out on a uh, research mission, uh, at, at, uh, you know, in which they reported in uh, uh, Sunday's New York Times about giant, giant oil plumes of oil are forming under the Gulf, was noting that uh, what this oil does is it creates a dead zone or it shuts down oxygen. She suspects that the oil-eating bacteria are consuming oxygen at feverish levels. Uh, this is an expert here, Dr. Joy, who is uh, part of a wildlife uh, research project on a boat, and then they began examining the, uh, the oil spill itself. And she notes that oxygen depletion so far is not enough to kill off sea life, but the possibility looms that oxygen levels could fall so low as to create a dead zone, especially on the seafloor. Uh, as for Rush Limbaugh's uh, recent uh, theory that eco-terrorism is somehow involved in this accident, I mean, this is just mind-boggling. There are now reports that there was a dispute on the deck of the uh, Deepwater Horizon uh, well before this uh, explosion occurred regarding problems with uh, natural gas sort of explosions that were happening in the oil pipeline. So it's not too hard uh, to understand what happened here. Um, safety precautions were obviously overlooked, and of course we're you know continuing to learn about the this horror stories of uh, you know not having a backup shutoff valve. So my only response at this point uh, to this whole fiasco regarding bung plug or BP is uh, Rush Limbaugh gets a brain damage award, and he's got a rather large mouth. I don't know if the uh, CIA or the National Security Agency or, or any other technical agency can figure out a way to submerge Rush Limbaugh's mouth over the opening of the explosion, but that might be a plan. Uh, he seems like a perfect candidate for bung plug, and all I can say regarding this whole situation is the the horror the horror marlon brando apocalypse now
based on the uh, famous Joseph Conrad novel, Heart of Darkness. And I think all those metaphors summarize everything that we need to talk that, uh, that, that have happened thus far and are about to happen. The horror, the horror. Well, uh, one little accounting or sort of housekeeping item that I wanted to uh, uh, mention. Last week, I, I didn't know the exact name of the province in Germany where uh, Angela Merkel's uh, uh, Christian Democrats suffered uh, these uh, rather large 10-point reversals in uh, local elections. But I did find this out. It's called uh, the, re the regional election was in North Rhine-Westphalia. I, I said it had something to do with the Rhine, but I couldn't remember the exact province. And what is interesting about the re these results that, that were the aftermath of the uh, German parliament uh, bailing out Greece and the whole financial mess that's been following in, over the last several weeks is that the upper house of uh, the, the, the parliament in Germany, basically the equivalent of the Senate, is no longer in control of the German uh, Christian Democrats. And it's interesting that in the actual results, both the Christian Democrats and Social Democrats got 34.5% of the vote, but the biggest gains of the day were made by the Green Party, which nearly doubled its tally to more than 12%, and the far-left Left Party, which with 5.5% of the vote, will enter the state parliament for the first time. Mention that because the Green Party, of course, was in a coalition uh, back in the early part of the uh, 2000, the noughties, uh, with the uh, Social Democrats when Schroeder was the uh, Chancellor of Germany. And he, of course, was a rather outspoken opponent of the Iraq War. Germany sat on the uh, Security Council at the time as a temporary member. And, of course, his famous uh, comment that Iraq... The Iraq War would turn into a adventure, and he didn't want to get involved in an adventure, as he put it, uh, was why they opposed it. And of course, the Green uh, Social uh, uh, Social Democrats were a coalition government. Well, this coalition government, of course, came into play in the British elections. Uh, Gordon Brown obviously wisely uh, resigned uh, to save face, and obviously the Labor Party is going to experience. Uh, new leadership and go through the uh, vetting process of figuring out who their new leader will be. Um, most of the sort of inside money is on the former uh, foreign secretary. But this interesting marriage between the liberal Democrats and the uh, Tories, the conservatives, in which uh, Nicholas Clegg serves as deputy prime minister and Gordon uh, and, and uh, Cameron serves as the, uh, quote, prime minister with the liberal Democrats getting some lesser cabinet seats will be a very interesting example of coalition government to see how, how long it lasts and whether it will work. Because obviously they have uh, some uh, differences on uh, major policy questions. So keep an eye on that, as I predicted. I think that this uh, foreshadows uh, some of the problems that America is going to experience. You know, the immediate uh, issue in uh, Britain, regard you know, regardless of the continuing support for the war in Afghanistan, and the EU uh, 
European Union stuff where they're not part of the euro economically, but they're part of the so-called European Parliament, are issues that will uh, sort themselves out in the upcoming weeks and months. But, of course, this could cause a, a split in the coalition and possibly new elections. However, on the immediate problem of deficits, the austerity measures in Britain, which has a deficit of $240 billion roughly, are about to take hold. And we saw over the week that California has $19 billion in budget cuts that it's got to come up with uh, in uh, less than 45 days here. Their new fiscal year starts uh, on the 1st of July. Schwarzenegger, of course, uh, whose approval ratings in California are well below 30% at this point, of course, is uh, basically cutting um, mainly programs for uh, related to health care, education, more furloughs, uh, and whatnot. Because uh, as we've seen here in the state of Michigan, the... uh, California has this unusual thing where taxes cannot be raised unless they get 60% of the vote, and that's sort of like a uh, filibuster situation. Well, here in Michigan, the state uh, Senate is controlled by the Republicans, and they seem to be doing everything they can think of to prevent Michigan from closing its budget problems. Um, And this, of course, is having serious consequences even on federal road money, so this is uh, remarkable stuff. Speaking of the Brits and their election, um, very interesting study that's come out in the Lancet regarding um, how much more U.S. troops suffer than British. And I'll quote here from Benedict Carey, um, which estimates that rates of the uh, condition regarding psychiatric problems of returning troops in the United States range from 5 to 10%. The new study found that the rate is about 4% among Britons, even though they and the Americans have seen equal amounts of combat in recent years. British researchers first reported low rates of post-traumatic stress in t- uh, 2006. The Americans were suffering far more casualties in Iraq. But the new study found no increase in the mental health problems of British troops from 2003 to 2009, despite escalating roles in active combat in Afghanistan and rising rates of multiple deployments. It found that about one in five struggled with some mental health problems, most often depression or anxiety, and about 13% drank heavily, but uh, relatively few qualified for a diagnosis of probable post-traumatic stress syndrome. The differences, and they go into some of the uh, symptoms that that we're familiar with, the differences may partly uh, be explained by the discrepancy between the two countries. 